John chapter 1 and reading from verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and this was about seven or eight hundred years previous to this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east, and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. 
And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not least among, art not least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came over and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And then we read, of course, that God was warned Joseph, and he brought the child down into Egypt with his mother. And then the prophecy, out of Egypt have I called my son, uh, was fulfilled. Wonderful story, isn't it? the story of the birth of Jesus. Christmas is a lovely time for, for children, really. It, it, it's a time when children uh, at least are told the Christmas story, we hope. And it made me think last week, we, we had our carol service last week and we had the, the decorations, we had mince pie. It was very good, I can tell you. But it made me start thinking about this whole thing about Christmas. Why do we hold Christmas in December? And why hold Christmas at all? Why commemorate Christmas at all? And if you talk like this, people think, oh, well, you're becoming a very tight and narrow in your views. But maybe, in some ways, maybe we should be a bit tighter and more narrow in our views. The shepherds were out in the fields. According to most authorities, the sheep were taken back from the fields in October, and certainly early November, so they weren't out in the fields in December. They do have winter in Palestine. They do have, it gets very cold sometimes. And Jesus himself said, talked about winter in Matthew 24, pray that you're, this doesn't happen, this when you have to leave the city and flee, pray that it doesn't happen in the winter, he said, because it was going to be a difficult time. That was probably, had two meanings, but nevertheless, winter can be very cold. And there's no specific instruction to remember the birth of the Lord Jesus. We keep commemorations and observances in Scripture either by the fact that there was teaching on the subject, like the institution of marriage. There's plenty of 
talk about marriage in the scriptures. Jesus attended a wedding in Cana of Galilee, one of the first things of his public ministry that he did. And this teaching about marriage in Corinthians and, and right, from, right from Adam and Eve, I mean, we have the, 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 the institution of marriage. But if you go to baptism, Jesus himself said, go ye therefore and teach all nations and baptize them. So we have, we have a distinct command. The apostles then carried out that. And say they baptize people. We have the Lord's Supper. We have a distinct command to carry out that. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. Repeat it. And it's repeated in Corinthians and in Luke. Jesus said, This do in remembrance of me. After you eat the bread and drink the wine, you're doing it to remember the Lord, Paul said. So we have distinct commands usually to observe these things. Or we have implied commands like marriage and various things. We're told not to defile the marriage bed and all that kind of stuff. We have distinct commands. But there's nothing, there's no record of anybody in, in Scripture remembering the birth of the Lord Jesus. We have the story. It's a, it's a vital story. We have that wonderful passage which we read in John, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. But it was never intended, never intended to become this commercial thing when Jesus, the, the, the whole point of it all, Jesus is pushed into the background. I remember seeing a tract years ago, a Christian comic thing. And it was very good. There was this spaceman had arrived at Christmas time. And he was wondering what it was all about. And he, he, he couldn't understand what the baby had to do with it all. And nobody could explain it to him. And then somebody did explain it to him. And as he goes back out in the spacecraft, he shouts back, don't forget the baby. And it's very true. We've forgotten the whole meaning. A leaflet uh, a few years ago. It's very good. It was about Jesus arriving and seeing all these parties going on and they were all commemorating his birth and he wasn't invited to the party and then he's looking in and then this, this big fat guy in a red uniform and a big white beard came in as if it was his party and he was outside and it was, he wasn't at the party that's very true that's the way it has we have, we have kicked the, the whole thing into touch and we have decided that it's commercial. The birth, Christmas wasn't celebrated until about the third or fourth centuries. It was a pope called apparently Julian I who decided that the 25th of December would be the time to have Christmas. There's, no, there's apparently no record really. But the sad thing is that that date that they chose was a pagan feast. It was the winter solstice. You have a thing called Saturnalia, which goes from the 17th to the 24th of December. And that is basically a, a feast to the, the sun god. And then on the 25th, you have the winter solstice, or the, the, and that celebrated the, the, the new birth of the sun. You have the, 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 the winter the shortest day and the longest night and then from then on the, 
days start to get longer and the winter solstice was on the 25th it's on the 25th this year I don't know whether you were listening to the Sunday program today but they were talking about how the different faiths can all celebrate around Christmas There's one character on he was a, an Anglican clergyman and his wife's a Hindu they, they have kids and they've been brought up in both faiths and the, the, the clergyman said he's no problem going to the Hindu festival of lights because then it's very similar to our Christmas his wife seemed to have more idea about it than, than, than he had she said well they're, they're celebrating at Christmas the reincarnation of a god well in some sense she was getting a bit nearer to it than, than he was but that's what it was it, it's crazy and this Christian holy day was unknown and yet we have a very solemn passage in 1st John just a verse in 1st in, in John and then we look at one again if you look at 1st John chapter 5 and verse 21 little children keep yourselves from idols paganism has permeated uh, penetrated our society more than any this this christmas one has it's it's taken over more probably than any other pagan feast in joshua 6:19 we have the same verse there practically as we have in first john Joshua 6 and 18 it says and ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it this was the story of the siege of Jericho you know how they gathered around in Jericho and they walked around it for seven days and then on the seventh day they walked around it seven times and Joshua was telling them what to do when they uh, were attacking Jericho and this is what he said Jericho's accursed and you're not in any wise to become associated with it he said keep yourselves from the accursed thing lest ye make yourselves accursed keep yourselves from idols John says in first John and when you take of the accursed thing you, you make the whole camp of Israel a curse and we know this happened and when Achan took the gold and the silver and the new suit when he ever thought he was going to wear it I don't know he just stuck out like a sore thumb with a new suit and all the other fellow suits had been 40 years old so he looked a bit different from the rest but there he, there he was but God said Israel has sinned Israel has sinned he didn't say Achan had sinned he said Israel had sinned it affected the whole camp because they had mixed the profane and the holy and that's what happens we affect other people by our actions he says keep yourselves from the accursed thing lest ye yourselves become accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse Paganism has penetrated our society. So it seems to have penetrated it more than in any other feast. 
at this time of the year, pagan deities were or are, are worshipped and honoured. We have the Mother Earth. We have the Sun God. We have the God of the Harvest Produce. We have the God of Daybreak. All different names. Sol Invicta, Consus, Janus, the God of Daybreak. And you know, the celebrations that they had around this time, and still do have around this time. I mean, they had a they had a witch on, a pagan druid on, this morning on the program. Celtic druid talking about what the representation of, of Christmas and things was. And the rituals they had, they had sacred flames which they lit, which represented the new year, the new solar year. It was a new birth. And they had these which they lit, and we light candles. And there was a great feeling of peace. The, the, the courts were suspended in these countries during this time. And that's what we're all... We, we talk about peace at Christmas time. But you see, the peace that comes at Christmas time through Jesus Christ is only when we glorify God. That's the only peace we can have. Glory to God in the highest, the angel said, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. But everybody says, peace on earth. All the, all the, the, the Christmas cards you get, peace and goodwill to men. But the important thing is the glory to God in the highest bit. They gave gifts. And you know something they did? And this, this amazed me. They even had paper hats that they wore. And we still do these paper hats. This is, always amazes me. When I go back to Jeremiah, we talked about it a while ago. When they worshipped the, 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 the God, the, the female God in Jeremiah, the Queen of Heaven, they made buns. They made little buns to her. And we still have house cross buns. That's thousands of years ago. And they made buns. And we Christianized them by putting a little cross over the top of them. But we still carry on so many traditions. And we don't know why we do it. Yule logs. You know, Yuletide. Why do we call it Yuletide? Because they had these logs. And they brought these logs into the house. They were carved. And they carved people's names on them. And they burned them. And the length of time they burned, they cast divinations over them. And the length of time they burned in the fire all meant something. You know, we, the trees, we bring Christmas trees. And, and trees are, are a major thing in, in, in uh, pagan worship. When, when I was out in Nepal, they have these female and female trees. You go going along and you see a little bench under two trees. And it's, it's something to do with the, the, the worship. Hindu worship. Don't exactly know what it was. In Egypt, they, they had the palm tree. Baal Tamar. You know, it's a, it's a name which meant a palm tree god. Uh, the Romans worshipped a fir tree. And there's a great story in the Bible of a man called Gideon. And if you look at Judges, Judges 8, do you know what Gideon's name means? And it would be a name which I think we should all like to have. A hewer. H-E-W-E-R. He wasn't called Huey. It was hewer. Hewer. H-E-W. He was a cutter down. He cut down things which were not godly. I thought was, the names of people in the Old Testament quite often reflect what they did. Certainly the prophets. Most of the prophets' names reflect what they did. 
But Gideon was a judge. And in Gideon 8.33, it says, And it came to pass as Gideon was dead. When Gideon died, he was a strong man. He, he, the angels appeared, do you remember? And he, he prepared them a meal, and they said, Mighty man of valor, God greet you, man, mighty... He was in the back of a, 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 in a, in a wine press trying to thresh corn. Trying to hide from the people. And they called him a mighty man of valor. You know, the, he was the most likely, unlikely person. But when he, when he got the message from God, and when God instructed him, what did he do? He went up the hill and he cut down the trees of his father's grove. It was bad enough cutting down the trees, but when they were as fathers even, they had these trees where they worshipped the idols. And he was a hewer. He cut down things that were not pleasing to God. And that's what we should be doing. We should cut out of our lives, cut out of our churches, things that are not pleasing to God. Just think about it. Why Christmas trees? Because trees played an important part if you go these groves the the good kings cut down the groves quite often we hear they cut down the trees because trees played an important part in pagan worship here was one which i found interesting boars boars pigs wild boars were offered to the sun gods on the continent the saxons and the continent apparently worshipped, uh, offered boars. And still we have the tradition of boars' heads. Keeps on going. These things don't die down. This is the bit that always amazes me. They keep on going and keep on going. And then we have, going back to the Yule logs again and the trees. Yule apparently means infant, infant, child. And they had Yule Day, which was the 25th of December. And the night before it was called Mother's Night. So you have the mother and child thing coming up again and again. You have the the, the mother and child, and we still have it in the Catholic Church, the mother and child. Mother and child. And the, the emphasis always on the mother. Tammuz worship. If you look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 8, when... Ezekiel was given this vision. He was given a vision of abominations which were taking place. Eight in Ezekiel 8 and verse 14. And then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. They were, they were weeping for Tammuz. And this Tammuz was a, a, a heathen god and sometimes was betrayed as a big woman with a baby. And here they had the same association between that here. The mother and child thing has been going on and on and on. Then we go on to things like mistletoe. Mistletoe and holly and all those kind of things. These evergreen trees. All by getting back to trees again. This tree worship. But mistletoe was a, a fertility rite. 
And we, we still have it. We have mistletoe. You buy mistletoe and you, you have it over your head and you, you, you hope to get a kiss. But it was a lot more serious than that. It's a lot more serious than that, the mistletoe. It's all to do with a fertility rite. And then we have, of course, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas. As I said, he, he, he takes over. He takes over. Now, it's a great time for children. Uh, children, it's, it's, it's a nice time. And if it was kept in proportion, we, they tell them the Christmas story. But as John said there in Truro, the, all those people, thousands of people, and no real Christian witness to the real fact of Christmas that God was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The wonderful story that kids can be told about the baby in Bethlehem and that this baby came as a savior of the world. They all know why there's a baby there, but they don't know the reason behind it. That's the trouble. And the Bible says to us, teach them to observe all things. That was one of the last commands that Jesus gave. He said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. The onus is on us to be like Gideon. Cut out all the, the woodwork which is blocking. You know, we say, we have that expression, you can't see the wood for the trees. And we can't see the Christmas story. We can't see the message that Jesus Christ is born as a baby in Bethlehem, that he came to die and that he now lives for to, to give us salvation, to give us the peace that everybody's talking about at Christmas. We can't see that for all this stuff which has got in between, all the tinsel, the holly, the paper hats, the Christmas trees. We all love to see those things, but maybe we should be more discerning. Maybe we should cut them out. Maybe we should not keep uh, them in our lives. As the Bible says, keep yourselves from idols. Keep, get rid of all those things and tell the people the full gospel, the full message of Christmas. I'm not here to, to make Christmas into something which is, is, is not what... We, we want it to be. We want it to be a happy time for people, but we want it also to be a time when they see the reality of Christmas and get through all the tinsel and all the, 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 the mess and all the money associated with it. We tried to portray that in our Christmas card this year, and we hope we, we'll get the message. We're sending it out to hundreds of people, hopefully, that they'll make them think at least have that little story on the back and pray for that really pray for this Christmas card because I think we've done about 400 of us already and we're still going my little machine is red hot these days <laughs> but the message on the back about the king he was going to die he called for his jester and the jester came in this was the guy who made them all laugh made them all happy that's why he was there around the courts they brought him in, and he said, I'm going, the king said, I'm going on a journey, and I'll never come back. And he said, what preparations have you made for this journey? What have you done? He said, I've made no preparations. 
And the guy gave him his wand, his stupid wand. He said, you better take this with you because you're a bigger fool than I ever was. Pray that little message will get through to people that they'll begin to think of the reality of death at a time when everybody else is thinking of Christmas.